Thank you, Kathy, and thank you, Earl and Hannah, for sharing your gifts of music with us this morning. Before I offer up a message today, just wanted to share back with all of you as to where I'm heading over the summer uh, from the pulpit. You'll note that throughout the summer months, I'm going to be preaching a sermon series on the topic of calling, uh, specifically the great call stories of God in the Old Testament. As Earl sang just a few moments ago, God frequently leads individual of God's people uh, forth. And in this uh, uncertain time, uh, hearing God's call is of great importance to each one of us. And so we're going to begin today with uh, perhaps the greatest call story of all time, the first call story uh, in the Old Testament, the call of Noah. And then we'll be looking at many others, including uh, Abraham, uh, as well as Joshua, and uh, Rahab, and many throughout uh, the Old Testament this summer. And I'll look forward to uh, saying quite a bit about calling and the different dimensions of God's call on each one of our lives. Let us pray. Wise and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you today and always. Amen. So I hear it's been raining a lot recently. <laughs> Spring has clearly shifted to summer here on Marco Island and the deluge of rain has meant for the advent of what some of us refer to as rainy season. As you might imagine, in preparing a message on Noah, I literally felt as though I was submersing myself in Noah's reality this week as it rained day after day after day. But I'll tell you, it wasn't just the rain that submersed me into the reality of Noah's world this week. It was also the world around me. For in Genesis 6, that chapter you kind of read for us just a few moments ago, part of what we remember about Noah's world is that it was a world that was full of hurt and full of pain. We're told in that scripture passage that when God looked down upon the world of Noah and saw all of the sin and all of the hurt and all of the corruption, that God's very own heart was full of pain. And if your heart looks anything like my heart this week, it probably looks a lot like God's heart too, still from heaven. A heart that has been full of pain over all of the sin and hurt and humanity that has been around us. For this week, we have experienced racial strife. We have experienced political strife. We have experienced religious strife. We have experienced corruption. We have experienced greed. We have experienced fear. We have experienced anger. We have experienced wars between counties and states and nations and other countries. And yes, too, we have lived in deep division over the virus and how we ought to go forth. If your heart looks anything like mine on this Sunday morning, 
It is broken and full of pain over the world that is around you. And so it is that we all submerse ourselves in Noah's story this morning. And in so doing, my sense is that we also hear God's call to Noah. A call that came to Noah, but is our call as well. Namely, to be part of the new creation. Let me explain what I mean by that. Many Christian scholars would argue, rightfully I believe, that the story of God calling Noah to build the ark in the Old Testament was foreshadowing of the story of Jesus in the New Testament. So just as God provided Noah an ark and delivered Noah out of the storm into a new creation, sparing Noah from death, so too would God go on to provide us Jesus, delivering us into a new creation, heaven, sparing us as well from death. And so when I share that phrase, to be part of a new creation, what that means is that God calls all of God's people to be part of heaven on earth. So our call is not to literally build an ark as Noah did, although this week that is rather tempting. Our call is to be part of the new creation that God is bringing about on earth. Our call is to bring more heaven to earth. For part of what I sense in looking at the world around me is how hungry our world is for heaven. For as you look around the world, you start to see people who are seeking to solve all of our worldly problems with worldly solutions. But my sense is that the true deep hunger of humanity is for more heaven to come to earth, for more peace to come to all of this chaos. And our calling as God's people is to partner with God to bring more heaven to earth. But you say, now, time out, Pastor. I thought heaven was just something that happened after I died. And truth be told, for centuries, many in the Christian church over time have lived under this illusion that heaven, you know, is something that finally kicks in only after I die. But when heaven gets reduced to something that kicks in only after we die, then salvation is merely an escape and our faith gets just reduced to a cheap life insurance policy, if you will. For really and truly, heaven is not just one day to come. Heaven is now. We pray for it every Sunday morning. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For it is surely problematic when we make believe that heaven cannot come to earth right now. And in kind of probing that problem a little bit, I uh, usually tell two stories about the problems that arise when we make believe that heaven is way off in the distance, or when we delay heaven, or when we uh, procrastinate when it comes to our own experience of heaven. And the first story is a story that Christian author John Ortberg tells, and it's the story of an elementary school Sunday school teacher who was asking the students in her class to make sure they knew how to get to heaven 
how can you get to heaven? And so she asked the class, if I am nice to my husband and to all the animals, is that how I get to heaven? And the class shouted, no. And she said, well, if I have a garage sale three times a year and give all my money to church, is that how I get to heaven? And the class shouted, no. She said, if I volunteer to clean the church kitchen every month, is that how I get to heaven? And the class shouted, no. And so she asked back to all the children who were present, then how can I get to heaven? At which point a five-year-old boy raised his hand and said, you gotta be dead. <laughs> you gotta be dead? Really? Is that what Jesus taught his disciples? Is that how Jesus taught his disciples to pray? No, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A second story that I like to tell that kind of illumines uh, how problematic it is uh, when we delay heaven is a story that Billy Graham used to tell, actually. Uh, once upon a time, Billy Graham was in a rural town and he was preaching uh, one of his revivals and he was hoping to send a letter home uh, to his beloved wife and sweetheart Ruth. And so he was on the sidewalk uh, trying to find his way to the post office and there was a young teenage boy who was on a skateboard uh, who was clearly from town and Billy Graham uh, shared with the young teenage boy, look, can you share with me some directions as to how I could get to the post office? I need to mail a letter. And the young boy shared with Billy Graham uh, where to go to get to the post office. And Billy Graham uh, thought it was a moment where he might intercede in this boy's life and said, and I tell you what, later this evening at 7 o'clock at First Baptist Church downtown, I will be preaching uh, my message. And it will be about how you can get to heaven. Will you be coming, young man? And the young man said, well, no, I'm not going to be coming. And Billy Graham said, well, why not? And he said, well, you tell me that you know how to get to heaven, but you don't even know your way to the post office. <laughs> and Billy Graham said that story reminded him of how important it is for Christians to know that heaven, yes, is one day forever and eternity. But if we don't take seriously heaven on earth, how we might bring about heaven right now today, then we Christians are indeed lost. That call to be part of the new creation is a call to bring more of heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How will we part of the new creation? Whenever we partner with God to bring more heaven to earth, we're part of that new creation. Wherever there is chaos, where we bring peace, heaven comes. Wherever there is despair, when we bring hope, heaven comes. Wherever there is selfishness, when we bring humility, heaven comes. Wherever there is need, when we bring generosity, heaven comes. Wherever there is division, when we bring unity, heaven comes. Wherever there is depression, where we bring joy or laughter, heaven comes. That is the call to be part of the new creation post-Jesus. Wherever in our everyday lives and conversations we partner with God to bring more heaven to earth, we are part of the new creation. And frankly, my sense is that our world is hungry for something that is not of this world. I was reading a uh, ministry article this past week about all of the M's that we're having to negotiate. 
and one of the M's is should we march or should we not march? Should we wear a mask or should we not wear a mask? Should we listen to the mayor? Should we listen to the media? Or should we listen to the medical professionals? And the article spoke about all of these M's that we're constantly having to negotiate in our everyday lives. And finally, the article arrived at a deeper conclusion. The writer of the article shared back what our world is in deep need of is a capital M. It is more. It is the world of heaven coming to earth. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, we're told that God placed eternity in the hearts of humankind. And whenever more of heaven comes to earth, there is so much joy around us. And if you're still not believing me on this, that uh, we're part of bringing heaven to earth insofar as we partner with God to bring the things of heaven to earth, I would just uh, suddenly mention to you how perhaps alluring those news stories we've been following recently about another world have been to us. They're rather appealing. Uh, two in particular I know that have appealed to me. One has been the astronauts who have finally arrived at the International Space Station. And for those of you who watched that footage this week, they arrived up at the space station and if you were anything like me, you said, boy, I would like to go to that world right now. And in sharing that uh, to myself and mumbling those words, I thought, you know what, I can go to that world right now. For what God asked me to do as being part of the new creation is to take that world of heaven and to bring it to earth through my everyday life and conversations and my own calling here on earth. I can have that world right now. Another very interesting otherworldly story that we've been following this week has been the story of the National Basketball Association getting back up and going. And interestingly enough, the NBA is going to start playing again in Disney World. And that almost seems like a fantasy to me. Uh, supposedly the players are allowed to play golf during the day from six feet, and they're allowed to eat at restaurants at night insofar as they eat outside. But in reading that story, I thought, well, wouldn't it be nice to just be able to go to Disney World right now? And frankly, part of what the scripture teaches us is that that other world, that world that sometimes we view as just fantasy that will come later after we die, it can come now. We can bring that world of heaven to earth insofar as we listen to God's call and respond to bring the things of heaven to earth. In considering my own faith journey and my story of ministry over the years, one of the transitions that I have had to make in my own ministry is transitioning from having to wake up every day and get it right to trying to wake up every day and saying, God, how can I more partner with you to bring heaven to earth? And one of the key places on my own spiritual journey that was, that was kind of a shift in uh, my own ministry came back in San Antonio, Texas, some 14 or 15 years ago. And it was at a, at a Methodist church, and there was a, a, a large number of clergy. There were four or five of us and many, many very good called clergy. And I remember preaching a, a sermon that day um, that was in the contemporary worship service at the time. And the sermon was uh, filled with, with guilt, frankly. 
Uh, it was a sermon that was a little bit right and wrong and in and out. And we've all been to those churches where the minister told you how bad you were for 45 minutes. And I wouldn't say that the message was quite that bad, but it was rather rigid. And my friend and colleague at the time, his name was Scott here, a big tall guy, and he had these long, lanky arms. And I asked him, so, you know, what did you think of the message? And I remember him with these long, lanky arms just pointing out into the congregation. And he said, you know, Mark, on the second row, there was a woman who was recently diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And on the fourth row, I noticed there was that man in our congregation who just tragically uh, lost his spouse to a car accident. They had been married for 40 years. And on the back left, there was that family whose son had returned from college, who got expelled from college uh, for drugs. So they were hiding out in the back row so that nobody would see them or ask them about it. And then on the left-hand side, to your left-hand side in the wing, uh, there was that single mother who has three children, and she hasn't even slept in a week. And then uh, Scott here shared back with me these words. He said, Mark, you know what? There is enough hell on earth. Preach heaven. Preach heaven. And that advice was so good, not just for preaching, but for everyday life. There is enough hurt, enough pain in our world to add to it. Our call is to be part of the new creation, to partner with God, to bring the joy, peace, love, and grace of heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'll close with a final story about this concept of bringing more of the world to heaven and to earth. And it's a story that I actually like to tell on Easter Sunday. I've shared it with you a few times, and I thought I would share it for you with you again, because I know for many of us there has been a uh, longing or a hunger for sports as well. The sports are no longer right now. Uh, it is the story of the college football game in 1982 in Madison, Wisconsin, when the Wisconsin Badgers were playing on a balmy October afternoon against the Michigan State Spartans. It did not take long for the 60,000 people in attendance that day to discover who the better team was as the Spartans just started trouncing uh, the Badgers. And just after halftime in that stadium of 60,000 people with the team down by three or four touchdowns, there were pockets of cheering that were going on in the stands. And nobody could figure out what was happening. Well, it turns out that it just so happened that many of those fans were tuning in to portable radios. And the Milwaukee Brewers at that same time were beating the St. Louis Cardinals in game three of the World Series. And so the fans were tuning in to another game, to another place, in what seemed like an entirely different world. And as God's people, that is our task, to never lose contact with the world of heaven. No matter how bad things get on earth, no matter how beaten we might feel, no matter how hard life gets, to never lose radio contact with that other world, so that we can bring joy even in the hardest of circumstances. If you came to worship this morning,
feeling as though you wanted to trade your world in for another world? Do it. Partner with God to be part of the new creation. In your everyday life, relationships and conversations, bring a little bit more heaven to earth. For when heaven collides with earth, the world will never be the same. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, said Jesus, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.